Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with me, Lindsay Heron, Steve Conroy, Des Roach and David McDonald as we pour over all the main incidents from uh, the weekend's football and beyond um, and look at some of the big talking points in the refereeing world and hopefully get some good debate and some arguments at the same time. <laughs> um, actually quite a quiet weekend, chaps. It wasn't really a, a many contentious moments uh, to, to talk about, but uh, I suppose that's good from the ref's point of view, Steve. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be relieved that there isn't anything to, to talk about after the rather tempestuous uh, past few weeks. <laughs> um, but credit where credit's due. I always say my mother could make a game uh, difficult. So credit to them for keeping things, uh, keeping the lid on things and everything going on, uh, going off without a hitch. Yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite a change to go into Monday morning without headlines being dominated by refereeing errors or refereeing um, decisions in VAR. So yeah, it was quite a, quite a quiet morning Monday for, for a change. And the thing was, it was maybe off the field that we found a, a little bit of interest. Um, we hadn't heard from them all season, but all of a sudden the judicial review panel involved in two cases uh, in the last 10 week or so. Um, Nicky Clark, uh, as we discussed before, sent off uh, for St. Johnson against Rangers at Ibrox. And that red card was rescinded. Uh, Ross McCrory sent off at Aberdeen. They appealed and it was booted out. Uh, his was for, a, you know, elbowing his, the opponent as he's charging through. Nicky losing control and slipping and catching Ryan Jack. Um, just, to, just to refresh the listeners, how does the judicial panel work then, Des? I mean, who sits on this? It's not all referees, is it? No, it's not all referees. Um, as far as I'm aware, there there is a referee representative. Mm-hmm. There will be something from the, the football side of things, an ex-player or coach, whatever, uh, and another. Um, I'm not entirely sure to be to be perfectly honest, but not to uh, not to blow our own trumpet or say I told you so. We said that absolutely correct last week that mm-hmm. the Nicky Clarks was not a red card, mm-hmm. and thankfully justice was done. The only thing I, I feel sorry for is that. St Johnson were denied the opportunity to play the rest of the game with that player on the pitch because um, it certainly was a, a bit of a sucker punch and a blow to them for the, the remaining nine, the remaining minutes of the 90 that they was no longer be able to participate. But with regards to the judicial panel, Steve... I think, am I right in saying that lawyers perhaps are involved as well or other captains of industry? Uh, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I've, I've heard tale of that as well but I, I know that they do have a bank of people that they, that they call upon and there are ex-refs, ex-players, ex uh, coaches, but mm-hmm. um, it would make sense to have a uh, a lay person, if you like. I uh, heard a good Willie call. Him. Is that true? <laughs> Willie, not, call Willie does everything, um, so no, no doubt he's in there. Uh, maybe not in that one, right enough. Um, so, I the, the, the there's the the great and the good, um, but the ex great and the good, um, I think, are are involved in it. Um, and uh, at when, least we agreed with them once. When you're saying ex, why don't they get us involved? <laughs> good one. There you are, then we'll put your names forward to the SFA. I'm sure they'll embrace you warmly and welcome you in the door. I think that'll hit the the delete button. (laughs) Yes, that would, yeah, very quickly. The thing that struck me though, perhaps, Stephen, and uh, this this might be a little bit of a fun thing for you guys, but ex-players being on that panel, for example, um, they're always liable to to be on the side of the player, aren't they? Uh, They didn't mean it. It wasn't trying to kick them there, you know, that type of thing. Of course. Um, As we keep saying in all these things, you've got your own audience. So, aye, of course, the player's going to, within reason, the the player's going to back the the player and the the ref's going to, within reason, back the the ref. I suppose that's why there's three and it's a a majority vote. Yes. Um, (laughs) Get a sensible person who uh, is, I was going to get a sensible lawyer, uh, Aye, okay. A, a lawyer who's got some sense. Um, so aye, it's it's uh, two out of three. Um, but everybody's going to have their own drum to beat, aren't they? 
So here's one for you, Des. How about having an ex-player at VAR Central, just outside Glasgow, to help the VAR official come to the right decision? I don't see it happening. Um, <laughs> I think it would be very interesting. I think it would be some, some uh, quite meaty conversations. It also depends on what player you're inviting to make those comments. Uh, that, that won't happen. I know that when they've got the referee VAR and the assistant referee VAR, they still have a VAR observer in there as well. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, it must be must be the Starship Enterprise that can fit everybody in there but yet there's a VAR observer within there who's making an overall decision and he'll feed back to those who are being VAR after it so the, the game's actually been observed twice once, mm-hmm. in, once in the office and once at, at the match mm-hmm. but uh, no I think that would just overcomplicate things and again you'd need to make sure that the player who's involved is competent and up with the current laws of the game as well because they'll just go on feeling and emotion rather than what's strictly fact and I can imagine how long the debates were going to be taken we're already saying it's taken far too long can you imagine uh, having that debate imagine having to talk Roy Aitken or Willie Miller out of could you imagine a decision uh, Scott Brown being in there on a Rangers game and conversely Barry Ferguson being in there on a Celtic game it's yeah it would leave itself far too much open to open to, to, to criticism well, but poor old Jim Goodwin's out of a job at the moment I'm sure who would be in there to, to decide it wasn't a dirty challenge oh Jim Jim's never made a bad challenge in his life I mean the reality of we're having a bit of fun here but there's no there's no way it could happen it's only no. it's only be referees that are that can be involved in that whole structure isn't it yeah ah, yeah, it has to be refs but who's to say in the in the future that we don't have more ex-players who go down the uh, the refing route um, just to to keep involved in it well, Jim Lockland. Jim Lockland. Ah, he a few years ago, but I, it never really kicked off. No, I for think him. he he uh, gave up. I don't think it worked as, as well for him as he as, as he thought. Sean Murdoch as well. Mm-hmm. The ex goalkeeper. He's but working his way through yeah. at the moment. So there'd be nothing wrong with, with these guys working their way up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're differing fortunes there for for uh, St Johnson and Aberdeen and. Sod's law, of course, for St. Johnson. Nicky Clark gets off the hook and he gets injured in training and can't play against Celtic on the Sunday. I mean, you could make it up. Lucky white hair. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, let's talk about handball again. Our favourite topic. We've never, we never stopped talking about it on the show. and it's, It just raises its head all the time, doesn't it? And one man in particular seems to be gathering a lot of headlines with uh, <laughs> one half of the city, that's for sure. And it's Mr. Connor Goldson. Uh, Celtic fans definitely feel there's something on the go here because he's had three incidents where the ball has struck his arm and he hasn't been punished in any of them Steve yep three that he got away with I think well put my cards on the table Uh, in the sane world none of them are penalties okay Uh, but sadly we don't live in the sane world just now so all three of the incidents that we're talking about in my opinion were penalties Uh, but he certainly Teflon coated uh, just now the, the number he gets away with but it does uh, bring to mind uh, the arguments from the other side of the city that Scott Brown was uh, yep. equally coated in, in Teflon um, <laughs> and never get booked I think he's I think probably Connor Goldson's got a better save ratio than Alan McGregor this season <laughs> <laughs> with the times there but under the current laws of the game yes you've got to say that they were not punished correctly but it's just it's making a mockery of it the ball's come up and spun off his leg and then hit his hand okay carry on the Celtic one where he's protecting his his pretty good looks and the one at Dundee United where the ball's dropped out there and hit him on the arm see if you take that back two years or if you just said to somebody put it down what do you think 99% of the population would be saying it's a it's a handball and it should be penalised but yep it had to be had to be Mr Goldson didn't mm-hmm. it had to be him it's, it's, it's difficult to quantify for some people because they look at other incidents, guys, and they've seen 
penalties given for a similar type of offence. Uh, I think it was a Matt, o, Matt O'Reilly handball at Celtic Park where it bounced up and struck his arm and he didn't seem to know much about it, but they gave the, the penalty. Uh, F.A. Ambrose playing against Celtic for Morton in the Scottish Cup. He didn't seem to be able to get out of the way of the ball and a spot kick given there as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the the, the wording with the F.A. Ambrose one, if it, he couldn't reasonably have expected that that ball would come anywhere near him. We, we know that it's supposed to be allowable if it comes off you and then bounces up onto your uh, your arms. Really don't recollect anybody else being afforded that luxury. No. Certainly nothing immediately comes to mind. But not saying that there's anything in it other than Mr. Goldson has been damn jammy. Yeah, it should be. Honestly, it shouldn't be on a ranger strip. It should be a Harlem Globetrotter strip. He's, what he's going about on. Um, yeah, it's just there's no there's no um, there's no reasoning for it, and it has just been a, a multitude of calamities and catastrophes, but all legal. Why do you think it is so inconsistent? Why are we still having these conversations about the inconsistency of the application of the handball? We shouldn't be. And I referenced it last week. Um, I know Steve said we were outstanding at it. And I said, no, we're standing out. No other league, no other league in Europe or across the world that I'm aware of is having so much variance in what's been given for a handball offence. It beggars belief to be what's the interpretation and why is it so different between games and individual referees? It does um, come down to communication between the SFA and the referees then. Is it, is it a referee's interpreting it wrong or the SFA communicating and saying, you know, this is the way you apply this rule? Because if it is communication from the SFA, the referees aren't complying with it because they make mistakes. But nine times out of ten, it's always backed up by VAR. So you've now got two officials saying that. Well, it's, and we, we keep saying it, when, when you've got humans involved, we make mistakes. Des and I have made, made mistakes. Yep. So you're always going to get mistakes and VAR isn't a panacea. It's not going to cure everybody and automatically make everybody perfect. But the fact, we've said it before, that it happens every single week that there's something being discussed every week, whether it's one that was given, whether it's one that wasn't given. But referees are not wholly rebellious. They're not a rebellious group of people. They do what they're told mm -hmm. and th they do as instructed because if you don't, you're not going to get any games and refs do it because they love refereeing. So you take it that at best, there's no communication coming from the SFA and that uh, our guys have been left to loll about in, in, the, in the uncertainty or worst in knowing the SFA. This is how they're being instructed to call them. Yeah, the fact you're seeing the same referees still operating at the highest level and those are the games, obviously, that we can watch. It's clearly, from my outside viewing, if it's the same referees making these decisions on handballs and the same guys in the VAR offices agreeing or disagreeing with these handballs, then the SFA must be perfectly happy yep. with the way things are currently going. But as Steve and I have said numerous times, they won't put anything out in words. They won't put it and make a statement because as soon as one part of that goes wrong, people like us and journalists like yourself fans, punters, they'll jump on it and say, well, you told us this. Mm -hmm. They're not going to put their head up there for, for the chopping block. The, so I can only assume that the, the SFA are leaving the guys on their own, make their own interpretation, and they're backing up behind the scenes. That's the only way I can sort of logistically and logically think well, of it's, it. Well, it's clear and it's, it's glaringly obvious that the SFA are sanctioning it because it happens every week. Yep. And as, as you said, it's the same guys getting the same games every single week. When was the last new guy that was introduced? Mm -hmm. And I know that, and I can't remember the exact phrase, um, you know, the, the elite group of, yep. of refs, they have to give these guys games more yep. often than not. But still, if you are every week making a glaring error, they'll drop you no matter what the title is. Well, yeah. maybe Depends certain, certain, <laughs> certain people accept it. Um, they're, going to, they're going to drop you. But we haven't seen a new face. They've came in with new faces at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. So... 
Graham Granger, David Dickinson certainly playing a far more prominent part in it. Who else? Um, McDermott, Matthew McDermott coming mm. in. So we are seeing these guys coming in and being given a chance, which is great. Mm. And that should be applauded. But if guys who, and I'm not saying it's any of those guys in particular, if guys are making continual perceived errors, in our, in our part perceived errors and they're still getting the games then that shows that the SFA are thinking entirely different from us and from the normal guy in the street because they're just being put back in and put back yep. in whereas if you continue to make errors in any line of work if you keep them continuing to make those errors then you get removed mm-hmm. that's absolutely so you take it as red this is the way the SFA want they're people quite to happy in their games do you think you think though that there is to be a watershed at the end of the season, not just in Scottish football, but perhaps at, at UEFA level to, to to really tighten up the, the whole handball situation so that everybody knows what they're doing? That could be tied up instantly. All, all right, so it's once a year they they do their the mm-hmm. rules. So yeah. they've had the the meeting, so that's going to be next season's rules. But you go back to and, and I know old guys always say the old day, ways were the best, but it goes back to whether. I think it was a deliberate handball. Yeah. It's the only way. Because mm-hmm. most of what we've seen, it's it's not, it, most of what we're seeing is not penalties. And I keep going back to Goldson that I think the, the one where he put his hands up to his face, I still think that's a, a penalty uh, currently. Mm-hmm. But we keep going back to the same world. In the same world, it's not a penalty in a million years. <laughs> yeah. Scrap the law, right? Scrap it, rewrite it, and just go down the line of, is it deliberate? Is it intentional? Deliberate and intentional handball or unintentional that's easy and that then gives the the power back to the referee for them because it always comes back to in the opinion of the referee have you deliberately handled that ball yes okay it's a foul we'll sanction it have you unintentionally handled the ball carry on that's yep. it two words it's the, it's the only way but what happens if a guy's standing in the line and the ball hits his arm unintentionally and it stops going in the net it's, un- it's, un- it's, un- it's unintentional. It's play unintentional. on. Yeah. Oh, play on. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. We're riot. If you didn't mean it, it depends where it is. <laughs> think, but if you didn't, if we didn't mean it, it doesn't matter the situation if it's not intentional. Just, ima- just imagine at Hamden Park in two weeks' time and Connor stops one in the arm. With his arm. <laughs> I don't know if he got off the train. He's, he's going to get one down at the post, isn't he? Do you know what, though? See when, see when again, probably, hopefully not prophesizing this, but see the first time that he does get penalised for a handball. I bet you it's a shocker. Aye, it's, I bet you it's absolutely <laughs> nothing. And even Connor Goldson will be saying, are you kidding me? <laughs> We've been on here saying, how the hell did they give that? Uh, I've, just, I've just saved one in the top corner, but uh, this ball just spun up and hit my pinky. <laughs> what about the, one of your bugbears, uh, Des, is, is simulation. And, it, uh, you know, it's, I think we all hate it. It's, it's really the ugly part of football, isn't it? And all too often players try to get an advantage, Steve. You see it all the time, feigning injury and making the meal of a challenge to try and gain an advantage. But when it's having a, a huge effect on matches, what can you do about it? What, you know, what's the main, how, could, how do you solve this issue? So we've always had our, our chat on my on my group chat and I've spoke to some friends, etc. with Steve and I. It's the biggest bugbear I've got. And it actually was my, my oldest son said to me, we were watching a game and he said, he's dived, he, he, he's tried to cheat there. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking more about it. If you deliberately cheat, then you're you're doing that for to disadvantage your opposition, potentially get someone sent off. But, and it tends to happen in the penalty area mm-hmm. to gain a penalty, potentially get an opponent sent off for your advantage. And all you're getting sanctioned with is a yellow card. I, I I find that quite quite poor actually. I would much rather see you diving taken out of the game. It's the the dark arts. I think as we've spoke about it a few times. Mm. If you get caught and we've now got VAR, so there's no reason why we can't have a a, a, a reasoned and valued judgment because you get an opportunity to resee it. If you get cautioned for oh, sorry, if you get um, caught for simulation and diving, I would say it should be a red card off. 
and potentially a three-match ban or some form of uh, match sanction because he can guarantee you the manager of that club will be straight into that player and giving him merry hell because he's now no longer available for X amount of games. I just think it's uh, it's probably one of the weaknesses in Merlot's. But again, hey, I'm only... It's only an opinion that I'm giving. It's not. I'm not FIFA, but I think that could be something that could be looked at. Let's get more. Let's get more stringent on it. If you're caught of cheating, because that's what it is. A simulation is cheating. If you get caught of cheating, then you're off the pitch, and you've got a ban to serve at the other side of it. Because the paradox, Steve, is that if you are caught subsequently for simulation and then summoned by the SFA, you can be quite heavily sanctioned. Players have been given two match bans before. Whereas the on-field cost, uh, sorry, the on-field punishment is only yellow, a yellow card. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's a paradox. It's, it's just, it's just wrong. Um, I agree completely. It should be a red card and at the very least a three-game ban, even in, in retrospect, because it is vile. It's just cheating everybody, and you see so many fine exponents uh, of the art, uh, Mister Neymar. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how any ref on the planet gives him a decision. Oh. He's just no way about it. He's just a cheat is vile um, and even other fantastic footballers Ronaldo's all, all very well you've for, you've for missed going out, down there? these fantastic footballers Charlie Adam oh I was going to talk about him <laughs> later but at least he had the grace to go down uh, in stages and had the grace to laugh at himself doesn't make it any less cheating there was a tre- um, there was a tremor at Tannadice up the road when he went down that's the best dive I've ever seen that was, was undoubtedly oh, the best uh, ever comedic uh, so he pre probably got off with it because it was just so ludicrous <laughs> but some of them just make, make a career out of it when you see kids whatever the word is memes on Facebook of kids all rolling about feigning injury when somebody shouts Neymar surely to God that must register with people but clearly it doesn't because he, he keeps doing it the bit I laugh at is when they go down as if they've been shot by a military mm-hmm. a military crew and they're rolling around but they're actually looking back to see what the referee's giving and to see who's who's watching them yeah the histrionics are, are dreadful and it, as we say they're meant to be the superstars and, and those that are impressioning the younger generation coming through please don't well, something we've managed to eliminate from the game I remember that I absolutely hated which is similar to diving but it's not necessarily diving it's when a player's running in a box defender puts his leg in defender's not going to make contact but the striker then moves his leg towards the player and then trips over his leg mm-hmm. and we've seen it on numerous occasions penalty been given and even the commentators were saying well his leg's there he's entitled to do that to me it's, like, it's almost like that was allowed to happen in the game we don't see it as much these days I don't know if the rules have changed that enables you know defenders to get a wee bit more protection from that but you would see it how many times say oh he's left his leg in there and he's got a penalty from it I mean there's contact but he's went looking for the contact and he's got a penalty off the back of it the one that said that all the time was Andy Walker well he's oh, yeah if, you're entitled to go down if you if, if, if you feel touch you go down oh what anyway um, but no Dave that's every bit as cheating as as any other form and I remember and I think it might have been Jim Duffy one of I don't know if you were there Des, one of the St Andrews conference weeks somebody asked him or somebody pointed out that the players are so good at it that they must practice it yes which makes you think that it must be sanctioned by clubs mm-hmm. and I've got no reason to doubt them but Jim Duffy stood up and said not my club um, and no no reason to mm-hmm. uh, to doubt them but that isn't that's not a skill I couldn't do it uh, in, a, in a game of football you couldn't do it no. that's practised you think it'd have to be I mean you're running in like David says and the defender you can see his leg come out and you deliberately put your foot on his foot to make sure you fall mm-hmm. yep. it can't be too easy to do that off the cuff I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have thought so but you won't hear managers in all my life I think I've heard once or twice a manager 
criticise his own player for diving that's won them a penalty <laughs> he'll criticise the opposition who've dived no, to get a penalty against them but to get back to your point there I don't know how you can and it's an art to, to run and move at speed and fall down and claim for a penalty and, and fall in such a way that your your act has been sold it's been bought by Bob the referee, yeah, it's it's just horrible. It's 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 one of the worst things that can that can be done in football. Yeah, and it makes I, I, no one look good. I know. I was looking back at a few. I remember James Madison was up on loan at Aberdeen. He's he's obviously flying for Leicester City now and in the England squad. He was booked four times for diving when he was here. You know, so that's it's amazing. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought that often, but just looking back, he was guilty of it. You remember the the Kyle Lafferty, Charlie Mulgrew one in the yes. Old Firm game where he kidded on he was head butted, and you know these ones that, that happen. He had the Hearts boy as well that used to play for Lithuania. That Michael Lunas, Michael Lunas, yeah, and Gordon Smith was he was trying. He was quite big on. The, yeah, that's, that's one thing he really tried to to come down on. Yeah. Um, I don't think he got the, the backing for it, but no. he was he tried to be really big on it. Were you not refereeing that game, Steve? The <laughs> headbutt, no? Was that not I your can't remember if No, it was Stuart Diggle. That was at Highbrook, so... No, my, my one was Darden Barr while he was at Falkirk mm-hmm. at Hearts, and I can't remember who the, the player was. Went down like a sack of tatties, and I saw, I saw the headbutt. No, you never. Yeah, I, I did because I sent him off. Had no hesitation in it whatsoever. But then saw the replay, and I, th- I can't remember how I uh, worded it. Somebody asked me, and that's probably unsanctioned by the SFA, and, and I wonder that they don't like me. I said that not only was there no contact, there was no attempt at contact, and that's that's how I initially get pally with, with John Hughes because he was uh, he was going mental. Uh, at the, the end of the, the, the tunnel and I said away you go go and get a cup of tea come and talk to me in 15 minutes we'll, we'll have a chat and he came and he, he calmed down and he, to be fair to him he said in the papers it, it saved him a, a sending <laughs> off because he, he, he was expecting just to be binned um, but I uh, that, that was the first one I, I said I'll, I'll look at it and I promise you if I've got it wrong I'll phone you see, um, see, and I did see in a modern game then do you think if there's an incident like that where you've now got VAR do you think you go up to the speaking to the two players and say listen I'm about to go and check some VAR so both just tell me right now they just head come together do you think the players would be honest and go aye do you know what no I just I just fell over or do you think the players would go I go to VAR check it because if there's nothing in it a pl- you're going to be honest a player's going to go I, I don't want you to check that because you're going to get booked if I go and check this I'm sending you off for diving no I don't think do you think players would just do, do you think a referee no. would have that conversation or just go straight to VAR say I'm going to send this send this pre- pre- present this red card here well every, every red card goes to VAR anyway David so, yeah. so by definition but, by, but in order to save face for the referee <laughs> do you know what I mean producing a red card and then having to take that back once mm-hmm. VAR's been checked and sees not even a yellow do you think do you think VAR would check that and go that's ah, no red it's no red or VAR. do you think a player you could speak to a player and say there was a contact guys because one is about to get sent off if I have to go check this <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't think I don't think so. No, no, no. I think I don't think. I think in that instance, probably you and I would say to them, right? I'm about to go and check this. You take it now, or we're going to make you look stupid. Think because if if something's happened, but I don't see players try to defend each other or throw each other under the bus first. Have you had that? Have you ever had that in your career? A player turn saying that never touched my hand. If you went to give a decision, no, just brutally honest. I take it they would be scalped off a manager if they were. Probably, yeah. um, but no, I can't remember anything, uh, anybody ever volunteering saying, nah, nah, that didn't hit me. The only it. one that I can remember was at Liverpool and Arsenal, Robbie Fowler, a penalty and he said, no, no, he never touched me, he never touched me. And always the West Ham Everton, when the goalkeeper went down injured and the balls get crossed over and the caught, caught it. Yeah. Caught it. Yeah. Uh, the one man in the world you'd never expect to stop <laughs> play. <laughs> <laughs> Shows he's got a heart. 
<laughs> Mr. Oh DiCanio liked being the centre of attention. <laughs> yes. Do you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did a, a Celtic friendly. I uh, can't remember who it was against. Um, Celtic Reserves. It was, the old, <laughs> it was the old crowd was up and DiCanio was, was there. And I remember uh, when he was uh, subbed off, he came up and gave me a big hug. And I thought... <laughs> I've never seen you before in my life. What's that all about? Uh, he, he loved to be in the centre of attention. Maybe just appreciated that you didn't send him off. Missed it. Probably because you'd asked for his autograph before he came on. Who says I didn't? <laughs> Talking about missing decisions, and I don't know if you guys remember this or have seen it recently, but I just thought for fun, and we'll put this on our socials, it's almost the 30th anniversary of a f- the famous Les Mortram blunders <laughs> at Fur Hill. Uh, so our younger listeners definitely have a look in our socials and you'll see this mistake. It was absolutely fantastic. When I was at that game guys and uh, Paddy Cornley puts the ball into the net hits the stanchion comes back out Martin Clark picks the ball up and hands it to the, the Thistle goalkeeper Andy Murdoch and Les says play on yeah oh, it was magnificent it was so <laughs> bad it was just brilliant did you see that happened at the weekend something similar down south I can't remember the two teams I was watching it live the striker shoots the goalkeeper gets a finger tipped it and the ball then comes back out and I looked and thought oh it must have come off the post but it didn't. It actually went out and came off the advertising boards, went back into play, and it was that quick that nobody went spotted the ball went out and they just played on. <laughs> wow! Well, it's the first time I'm, I'll find that and put that in the socials as well. It's the first time I've seen that in a long time. Oh, brilliant! Because I was awfully confused, thinking, "What's happened?" I was convinced that ball went out, but it must have come off the post. But it's clearly come off the the, the post at the back, maybe that holds the nets up yeah. or the advertising board, because the advertising board was very close to the the line. But it's literally went out and pinged right back in and. They just played on. Oh, not seen that for a long time. Playground rules. Oh, oh, you just cringe. You would hate for that to happen to you. Can you imagine that was you and me? Oh, jeez, that'd be the last game. (laughs) (laughs) So, how did Les survive the pelters from his colleagues back in '93? Then, oh, I'm sure he got pelters, but he went to Japan, did he not? That's what I'm saying. Not long after. Not long after he had to go flee the country. Flee the country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, it was a. Quite, uh, it, it was more so the defender picking the ball up and giving it to the goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, you're like, all right, play on. I mean, Jim McLean was always renowned for his short temper, but my God, I thought he was going to explode that day. It's utterly incredible. You, you just can't, it doesn't compute, just doesn't no. compute. No, brilliant. Oh, so I've got one a question from uh, you and Taylor on the socials, guys. He said, hello, gents. Firstly, I love the podcast every week, so we've got a number one fan there. We'd love to hear the panel's views on the McCrory red card versus St Mirren, as well as the free kick that led to their opening goal. Ref gives handball, and I think he is the only person in the crowd to see it. Not even St Mirren players appeal. I have to say, uh, we looked earlier on, I, I had no recollection of the handball, um, no. and I didn't see it on the highlight, so can't comment, and that's that's bad and uh, apologies for that but I think we've said our bit about McCrory I'm not as convinced as Des about it being a red card but perfectly happy with it being given as a red because he had absolutely no need to, he, he was getting fouled if anything he had absolutely no need to lead with his elbow up like that I, I thought it was a red, I was getting sent it the same as everybody else getting clips and asking to have a, a wee opinion on it, if he'd put his hands out to break the impact of the potential sort of body checker coming together Okay, fair enough. But at the last second, he's raised his elbow and it's come off the side of Charles Dunn's eye. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can have any complaint for that for being being a red card. As much as we're not here to send people off, but it was a wouldn't say it's premeditated, but it was a deliberate act. Um, so yeah, it was a, a correct call yeah. for me anyway. Makes some guys. Thanks, Ewan, for your question there. And just quickly before we wrap up, chaps, Scottish Cup weekend. Uh, this weekend, obviously, Premiership takes a break for a couple of weeks, and again, it just raises this crazy anomaly that uh, VAR will only be 
used at the Premiership grounds. Uh, therefore, Motherwell are the only top flight team who are at a disadvantage. You know, it's the last 16 of the of the Scottish Cup. Rangers Celtic are at home, uh, you know, Hearts are at home, but Motherwell are away at Wraith Rovers, so if a bad decision goes against Motherwell there, I mean, it's, it's nail luck. Well, we've made our uh, views known on it. I think it's absolutely ludicrous. It's no longer the universal laws of the game. And we're, we all loved, other than Aberdeen fans, we all loved the fact that Darvel put Aberdeen out. <laughs> but any other, any other place... Aberdeen would have got an equaliser. Yes. It's that anomaly that it depends on what ground you're at, whether you get a decision given for or against you. So no, it's absolutely ludicrous. No harm in using VAR, but use it if all the Premier teams are at home and or save it for the, the, the semis in the final. It's well, nuts. As we've said, the cup competition starts at the start of the season and the, the, the rules or laws should apply in day one all the way through to the final. And this is clearly not. And I think at this moment in time, I think I heard a stat, Motherwell have only won one game since October. In fact, St. Johnson have won more games at Fir Park this year than Motherwell have. <laughs> um, so S- S- Motherwell are grasping for everything they can get. So you can just bet if there's a contentious decision, it starts Park at the weekend. Stevie Hamill's under a lot of pressure. I hope it doesn't come. I certainly hope it doesn't come. But if you can't use VAR and use the technology from day one to the final, then don't use it at all. Agreed. Or use it from the semi-finals when both are going to be played at the same yep. stadium. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Get Involved Referee. We hope you found the conversation as informative and insightful as we did. If you've got any comments or suggestions for future topics, feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review to help spread the word. Until next time, thanks for listening.